everyone, and welcome back to Crossroads Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 2002 Britney Spears vehicle Crossroads one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And we're at minute 29, which begins with Lucy saying, it just kicked again about Mimi's baby. Uh-huh. Mimi has apparently not chosen, I think we talked about this, has not chosen to find out the sex of the baby. Right. Has, did we discuss that? It may have been off air, but... She refers to the baby as it rather than he or she. Right. So. Well, good for her. Um, and Kurt refers to it as the fetus. Right. I wonder if it's more of an issue of lack of prenatal care. Right. Rather than a, a choice not to find out. Like, right. I wonder if Mimi just doesn't know she's supposed to go to the doctor. Yeah. So. Yeah. That seems um, and anyway, sadly I have it, accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I have it going through... Pop saying, you're coming back now, and you will regard that as a command. My first two notes are related. Kit is doing her best mom impression, mm-hmm. like her mom. Mm-hmm. Lucy is doing her best pop impression. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very telling that they're showing each other, like, it's ba- they're basically a married couple arguing over their teenager, Mimi. Yeah. My first note is, I was about to type how smug and judgmental Kit looks, and then Lucy's all... So typical of her, not even thinking about her future. Yeah. It was not a great moment for either of them. <laughs> and then my next note is, oh, and then Kit is the worst again. She brought this upon herself. Yeah. It's so hard to like Kit at all. Because, like, the, fir- the first exchange could be, uh, our friend is, like, not doing good planning. Yeah. But she brought this upon herself is just spiteful and, and mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's slut-shaming. Right, like, and also, I mean, also inaccurate slut-shaming. Yeah. You don't get pregnant on your own. So they go to the Clemens Motel. Yep. The only Clemens Motels I could find are in North Carolina. I hope they're not in North Carolina. I hope not, because <laughs> the last we were aware, they were in Alabama headed west. Right. So. Then Lucy calls Pop from a phone booth, which was quaint. Yep. Can we talk about Lucy's nightgown for a second? I did not notice it. It is smocked and ruffled. And it looks like something that a Victorian toddler would wear. Can you tell me what uh, smocked means? So smocking is Southern Country Club toddlers where it's like the there's it's almost like a kind of a square okay. with like ruffles. Okay. Like a an embroidery. And it's if you picture what like super preppy Southerners put their toddlers in for family pictures. Okay. I'm picturing a sailor uniform, and it doesn't feel... That's in oh, the that... same vein. Okay, all right. Yeah. So this is... She's in, like, this off-white, almost to the point where it just looks old. Mm. Cotton, but not, like, soft cotton, like, right. muslin cotton right. nightgown that has the... <laughs> the scratch. Like... The itch of cotton. Exactly. <laughs> it's got, like, puffy sleeves... And the neckline is, like, kind of high, and it there's, like, this section that kind of comes down in a square, like, down from her shoulders and kind of across her chest, and there's, like, flowers embroidered on it. It, lo- it looks like something that either an old lady, a very old porcelain doll that is probably haunted, uh-huh. or a Victorian toddler would wear. I am astounded and scared that, like, I didn't notice a single thing that she was wearing. I, guess I mean, I was to distra- be fair, it's a close-up shot. Like, you really only see from, like, mid-sternum up. Yeah, but, like, 
I've noticed up like I noticed the outfit that she wore when they left the ho- the the Alabama Star Motel, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cute outfit. She looks kind of like a. Uh, there was an SNL uh, actress that was on for just two seasons called Abby Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks like her. Like she started dressing in sort of like just two thousands. Was that like the jeans and like fitted polo shirt? Yeah. Outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, but like I think that the one-two punch of a phone booth. Mm-hmm. Then me thinking this is going to be more than two punches. Th- me thinking like, oh right, they don't have cell phones. This is even scarier for Pop. Yeah. And then three, the whole talking to your dad when you're on the road, like is sort of like it for, sort of freaks me out a little bit. I want to know how many quarters she had to use because mm-hmm. she didn't appear to call collect. Because when he picked up that phone, there was no "you have a collect call from Lucy." It was, I mean, it it just went through. You have a collect call from Lucy. I'm sorry, Pop, but it's what I had to do. Do you accept the charges? <laughs> yes, yes, I accept the charges. I need to yell at her. <laughs> Spoiler, he yells at her. <laughs> Ugh. And then I just, okay, first of all, he says, sorry. She says, I'm sorry, Pop. And he says, sorry? And I can I, I confirm that Dan Aykroyd is Canadian. Okay. So, like, you can take the Dan Aykroyd out of the Canada, but you can't take the Canada out of Dan Aykroyd. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he said, you're coming right back now and you will regard that as a command. And I wrote, ugh, because it's the worst. Um, I hate it. Yeah. I really, I actively, I don't like to use the word hate very much. Yeah. I actively hate pop in this moment. Well, and it's even worse (laughs) just before that because he's upset that she snuck away, not because he's worried for her safety, but because Doc whoever... Johnston or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Doc Johnston tried, you know, went through a lot of trouble to get her that job at the hospital. He does not ever say, are you okay? He doesn't. There's no, oh my God, thank God, I am so glad to hear from you. My teenage daughter who just disappeared halfway across the country, I don't know who you're with. Right. I don't know where you are. We don't have cell phones. My for the first thing, I mean, he, now he does run for the phone as though he's very, very worried and hoping that it's her. Right. I mean, he grabs that phone right off the wall. Right. But my very first thing out of my mouth when I heard my kid's voice would be, oh, thank God you're okay. Yeah. I have been so worried. Where are you? Who are you with? You are never seeing the light of day again. Right. Being upset about Doc Johnson is mad that you didn't show up for your internship at the hospital yeah. would be so far from my yeah, mind. Absolutely. Yeah. But Ugh. like there are times when I side with Pop yep. to a degree. Right. And we talked about that in what I think the minute that I listened to today. Yep. Minute um, seven. Minute seven. We talked about how there's this like I get the teenager point, but also like as an adult, like yep. You know, your parents aren't just being jerks to be jerks. He's being a jerk to be a jerk right now. Yeah. There's no reason he should be bringing up Doc Johnson. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm so sorry, when fathers, I'm I'm just going to say it. I mean, I'm sure that it happens with some mothers too. But when fathers think that like, I need to use drill sergeant lingo yeah. as a way to assert authority, it just, it makes me want to... 
I, I'm a I'm a grown ass man, and it makes me want to run away from home. Yeah, not it's not, and it's not even my dad. And it's a fictional father. <laughs> Who now? If he had, if we had any reason to believe that he was that he's former military, it would at least right. make sense that that would be, you know, his default. Right. You know, like when he doesn't know what else to do, he slips into what's familiar. Right. But we have no reason to believe that that's the case here. Right. So, I mean, that was that was shitty writing, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Because you wrote an unlikable, unsympathetic parent. Well, I th- and I think that it's, I, I, I mean, like, I would probably say that that was super duper intentional to make probably. us be like, Pop's fine. In fact, he's being a little bit of a jerk. More road trip antics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then in the next minute, she does something which... I I just thought I have, I just realized I have a, a story. Oh okay. Um, but that's in the next minute. Good because I don't have a whole lot of notes in the next minute. Cool. But yeah, I I see. I think that if they had had him be like, oh my god, thank God you're okay. Yeah. You are so grounded. We still, as a viewer, even as a teenage viewer, would have been like, yeah, okay. We we like we get it, dude. We get it that she's grounded. But come on, more road trip antics. But I think yeah, I think that if he'd been like. Oh my God! I'm so happy to hear your voice. Are you okay? I'm, you know, I'm sorry. You're grounded, of course. Like they could have mm-hmm. made written a, a charming thing. I think that it would have been hard for the audience to buy, like we said, more road trip antics because they've already established they don't have any money. Right. <laughs> like they, they, this is poorly thought out. All the stuff. So I think it would have been hard for the audience to be like, no, they should keep heading west. Well, except that she's trying to find her mom. That's true. I mean, that's those are some high stakes. But if he said. A la Dan Aykroyd's character in My Girl too. Like I will help you. I will. I support you in this, even though like things didn't work out for me and your mom. This isn't. That's not Dan Aykroyd's character in My Girl too at all. Anyways, his he was the father in that too, and he was very supportive of her wanting to find out more of about her mom. Okay. So it is. It is exactly the same thing with Dan Aykroyd in the, both roles, but in My Girl too, she was younger. If he'd been like. I know you want to find your mom, and I and like you know maybe he put a couple of numbers together and and found out the you know figured out the right sum. Yeah, come back home. We'll figure it out. You know we can f- fly you out or 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 put you on a you know we'll figure it out. If he had made that case to her, it would have been like okay, well she should probably go home then. Sure, but I think that there's a middle ground between. I can't believe you missed your internship. Right. And I will fly you out to see your mom. Right. I think there is the come home. Like, I'm right. so glad to, to I'm so glad you're OK, but also you're super grounded. Right. You need to come home right now. And she's like, no, I need I need to do this. I need to go right. find my mom. Right. And he says, no, yeah. you don't. Like, if that is the thing that he is firm about, I'm right. fine with it. Right. But he should care that she's gone and not worry about Dr. Yeah. I get, I get yeah. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I think that, I think that there's a middle ground where we're, we still support her going to Arizona, but we don't want to stab him in the eyeballs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I think that it's, I think it's definitely overkill. Yeah. That it's like, okay, he has to be like soap opera unlikable. Yeah. And it's the writing. It's not his performance. No. I mean, he can't change the lines that he's given. Right. I mean, he can, but they'll yell at him and make him say them right. I love the idea of improv in this, like, at, at all. Just like ad lib. Hey, can I take a couple of stabs at some alts? 
No. <laughs> well, especially since, you know, these two, like, the two of them were not filmed having this conversation. Right. So he could have just ad-libbed it, and we've got him just making stuff up, and then when Brittany films her half of the scene, she just says the lines she's supposed yeah. to. And you end up with some really weird cut of Dan Aykroyd just, I don't even know. I'm really excited. Um, so I, I, I talked a couple of days ago about uh, how I fast-forwarded to the credits. Mm-hmm. There are bloopers at the end um, for the yes. credits. Uh, and it's weird to think that possibly unabashedly obsessed listeners, Newsies Minute listeners, and Crossroad Minute listeners might not know how big a fan of bloopers I am. I'm sure unabashedly obsessed listeners do. Maybe. I know we've talked okay. about it. I love bloopers to an extent that it is ridiculous. So I'm really looking forward to, to getting to those because yeah. I, I love... I don't know that. Well, I will probably finale the way we'd finaled with Newsies. Yeah. But I definitely want to talk. I want to watch the bloopers and talk about them and pick the best ones because yeah. I love them so much. All that just to piggyback off of the idea of Dan Aykroyd just sort of going off the rails with his lines and stuff. Yeah. I don't have anything else for this week. I. I mean, for today, this minute. Let that's, me see. That's the word I was looking for. Right. Was minute. Yes, I am. Uh, at I am. At the end of my notes as well. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and do social media. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are on Twitter at Crossroads underscore Min. And individually, I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. We are on the Scavengers Network. Thank you to them for having us. They can be found on Twitter at ScavengersNet. They can be found on their beautiful website designed by our dear friend Mason at ScavengersNetwork.com. And also on Patreon, they are at patreon.com slash thescavengersnetwork, where for $2 a month, you can get all sorts of bonus content from all of our sibling shows, including, well, maybe not including, I don't want to say that the sibling show that we're going to drop a trailer for at the end of this episode necessarily currently has bonus content, but at some point they probably will. In all likelihood, yes. Yeah. So join us tomorrow as we wrap up the week. We wrap up this conversation with Pop and, uh, you know. for Crutchy? No. (laughs) And so do Pennies. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Hey, Aaron. Yes. Let's be best friends forever. We will. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. PodCube, podcasts from the past delivered to the future. With PodCube's pseudo-linear 4D adiabatic qubit streaming technology, you can select any point in history and record it for personal gain. What was the group dynamic with Australopithecus? What brand of cigarettes did the Spanish Inquisition smoke? Was Leonardo da Vinci a pants guy or a shorts guy? You can discover with PodCube. PodCube's patented, time-agnostic, articulated Newton mechanics allow for high-definition streaming of 8 petabyte per second audio from any time or place in space or or time or place. Our Galileo Pod delivery system is unintrusive and designed to blend in, no matter when or where it goes, to deliver your PodCube. Listen for yourself to the flagship PodCube podcast, Alabaster's Haberdashery, recorded on location in 1880. The finest bespoke headwear, highest quality garments, and most humble haberdashery in the heart of beautiful Prumpleshire, UK. Search PodCube, all one word, in your podcast app, or visit poweredbypodcube.com. PodCube, the future is yesterday. Yesterday.